And the title for the evening's Bible says, Are We Young or Are We Old? I mean, some people, like my uh, grandson, uh, for his graduation said, uh, he had a fun activity at school dressing like a hundred-year-old person. And when asked, why? Why was it fun to you? He said, because I want to dress like grandpa. <laughs> so uh, for a young child, I guess I must be incredibly old. But yet to other people, I might be okay. And maybe some people might actually consider me young. So that's how we look at things. Are we young or are we old? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, the scripture says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training righteousness, that a man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. All scripture is inspired or given by God. So if that's the case, it's something that we should be able to teach. But sometimes there are things we're afraid to teach. So what should we do? Well, first of all, we have to understand the Bible was not written as a science textbook. We run into all sorts of problems when we try to treat the Bible as a science textbook, which it is not. But that doesn't mean it's not scientific. The Bible is like a compass and a map. A compass is not a science textbook, and a map is not a science textbook. It will not tell you the history of the formation, even if it's a topographic map. It doesn't tell how it was formed or how old certain structures are. But it will give you lots of information. Just because it's not a scientific textbook doesn't mean it can't be scientific. And since uh, the Bible says that it has been God, we expect it to be factual, accurate, and true. But what the Bible does tell us is not so much scientific information. It doesn't attempt to answer such things about physics, but answer things like, why are we here? That's the important thing. So if we can understand how Genesis works, and how to better understand the book of Genesis, maybe why we are here is more easy to communicate to a rational mind, to seekers. There are many people who want to know more about God, but they find certain interpretation to be a stumbling block. We have to understand that public school textbooks teach a very different theory of where we came from. Uh, the Bible seems to imply, uh, to imply, the Bible does not teach how old the earth is. The Bible seems to imply, though, that it's kind of young, relatively young, um, and the universe is relatively young. But yet, at the same time, Polish textbook teach that it's a fact that the earth is extremely old, and the universe is even older. So how should we understand what the Bible seems to imply what the historic Christian church and uh, Jewish faith believe for most of its history, and what textbooks teach it. Is there a contradiction? I don't believe so. I think the contradiction is only when people insist that they know how old the earth is, or they insist that they know how uh, young the earth is. I think both positions is incorrect. 
the Bible seemed to imply relatively young, but how young is young? I personally believe the Bible, uh, that the earth is not as young as some young earth creationists teach. At the same time, I don't personally believe it's as old as what some textbooks teach. Let's see if we can have a better understanding of this here. When you look at the Hebrew word yom, were the days of creation literal days? Here is a quote from Dr. Justin Rogers, professor of Bible at Free Hardeman University. He was a doctorate in Hebraic and Cognitive Studies from Hebrew Union College. But here's a man who knows his Hebrew. Uh, he has his doctorate from a Jewish college in Hebraic and Cognitive Studies. And to get a doctorate at Hebrew Union College, you must be fluent in reading and writing Hebrew. That's one of the requirements to get a doctorate in Hebrew Union College. And he wrote this here. The linguistic context of Genesis 1 gives the conclusion that the Hebrew noun yom, meaning a day, accompanied by numerical adjectives and limited by further references to time, should be understood literally. And I think it should be understood literally, that it's a day. But there are other valid interpretations as well. Let's explore this further. The reason why this is important is that the Barna survey did a uh, study about why people left the church. And here's the question, I'm quoting. So if there's an error, that's not my error, it's a quote. Has secular science dating the earth six billion years caused you to doubt the Bible? Well, scientists really teach us about four and a half to five billion, not six billion, but that's what the survey said. Among 1,000 college students in the age of 20 to 30, in all five regions and central region of the United States, representing all different, about 30 different denominations and atheists and agnostics as well, in a random sampling, um, the number one response that people gave out of three choices, yes, no, or I don't know, or maybe, the number one response, 46.4% said that secular science dating the earth as being extremely old do cause a person to doubt the Bible. If a person's faith is strong, they would say no, or they're not sure. But a whole 46% of Bible believers because they doubt the Bible as being reliable because that's what textbooks teach. Another question taught, as by the Barnes survey, is there one idea you question more than the rest? There are five choices. And the number one choice, 30% of the respondents said they the question that they uh, that the questionable is that the earth is young, not old. In other words, they doubt that the earth is young. In other words, they believe the earth is very, very old, that it is indeed billions of years old. And here's another one done by the Barna survey. Which of these or eight choices bothers you the most or question makes you question the Bible the most? And the number one response, 25% the respondents said that they believe the earth is not less than 10,000 years old. So that uh, idea made people doubt the Bible the most. 
Well, as I mentioned before, I don't believe there's a contradiction at all between the scripture and modern science. It's only between a dogmatic way of looking at the Bible or a dogmatic way of looking at science. Well, first of all, let's understand. Was there really a big bang? There are many Christians who don't believe there's a big bang that it really occurred. Well, I, I believe that evidence is quite good on the basis of modern science that there was indeed a big bang. All right. At the big bang, that's when all the natural laws became operational. All right. The cosmic egg, when they believe the entire universe and all of its energy and matter was about the size of the earth. Some says actually it was the size of a basketball. Another person, scientist, says actually it was the size of a ping pong ball. Another scientist says, no, the cosmic egg, where all the matter and energy of the universe was actually the size of an atom. And it was held in equilibrium. The gravitational force was super immense. And then somehow, it exploded. And Albert Einstein talks about this here. About the explosion, about time and space in his special theory of relativity dealing with velocity and speed and his general theory of relativity dealing with space and time. He says that time and gravity and light is curved. So if there's a powerful gravitational uh, field, let's say, a star or let's say a large planet like Jupiter between Loan and I, if I see Loan in a straight line, actually she's behind Jupiter. And I'm not seeing a straight line, but the light on her is bent around by gravity around her. Genesis chapter one says, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. And this is what modern science says. And that was at the beginning, the cosmic egg, there was no shape or form. That there was no subatomic particles anchored to any atom because it was so hot that this plasma uh, would loosen any electrons and quarks and uh, muons and pions away from uh, the nuclear force. But then this equilibrium occurred. And the cosmic exploded in the Big Bang. And a white hole could have formed it. A black hole is something that sucks everything, including light, into it. Nothing escapes a black hole. Well, in the 1970s, astrophysicists theorized that there has to be something called a white hole. That's the opposite of a black hole. Unlike a black hole which sucks everything out, a white hole spews everything out. A white black hole appears black because it sucks light in. A white hole spits light out, so it seems like a white color. Here we have uh, the NASA Spitzer Space Telescope. The latest uh, space telescope of the four that we launched into space, with Hubble being the first or second one. With it, it was able to photograph the first well, I'm sorry, it was not photograph. This is uh, what you see below is not actual photograph. But they picked up data that has been synthesized, computerized, uh, a black hole destroying a star, sucking the light of a star into this black hole. A black hole, a big bang, a white hole, as far as I know, are 
uh, good science and for Christians to doubt the existence of these things here. It's so ignorant. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. To me, this would indicate that this formless and void of the cosmic egg bang and blew and let there be light, and light spewed out into the universe. And here you have it here. You see the event horizon, the little purplish color, and the white hole, and through this thing here, out on the right-hand side, you see stars and galaxies and nebulas and planets all form after a long period of time. Well, people say, well, doesn't that take, if they're 13 billion light years away, doesn't that mean that the light took that at least that long to reach us? Therefore, the universe has to be billions of years old. Why is it some Christians would ignorantly imply that the Earth is only four, six thousand, or ten thousand years old? And please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying it's that old right, or that young. I'm not saying that Bishop Usher, who said that on October uh, 19th, uh, 4004 BC at 6 p.m., God created. I'm not holding that at all. I'm just saying that. You can scientifically believe that the days of creation were indeed uh, days and not eons of time, and yet still believe that the universe is old. We'll, we'll explain. In 1929, uh, see Edwin Hubble, uh, staff scientist at, at that time, the largest observatory in the world, Mount Wilson, with a 100-inch Hooker telescope, the largest in the world at that time, Edwin Hubble uh, did uh, see measuring of spectral red light uh, shift, and you see on the chart below that the farther away, the more it shifted towards the red light. So he determined a yardstick in how to measure distance and velocity in deep space. And he discovered that the universe is expanding. And if I, this supports the Bible, I'll tell you that in just a moment. In Isaiah 42, verse 5, thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out. The Hebrew word there is natah, which means to expand, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk in it. When you look at it, we, we think that the Edwin Hubble discovered it in 1929, but the Bible described it first. The scripture spread out. There are five Bible authors, Job, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah, and 11 verses in the Bible. So there's no misunderstanding that the Bible does teach this here. And what I have italicized, and is the bold and black, is because of this, is that seven of these verses employ the uh, active participle form, which implies continual ongoing stretching. How would ignorant nomads, Jews, farmers, fishermen, uh, how would they know that the universe, the heavens, there are three heavens according to the Bible, the first heaven being the sky where the birds fly, the second heaven is where the stars are, and the third heaven refers to the abode of God. But here it talks about the second heaven. We're talking about the abode where stars and galaxies are. 
it says the active participle form implies that it is still being stretched, it's still expanding. How would the people who wrote about know that the universe is expanding? This is a scientific truth that's found in the scriptures. Look at this, uh, another Greek, I mean Hebrew word, Genesis 1, 8, uh, rakia. It, it says that the expanse, it has the idea of spreading out the fabric of time, the fabric of space. And not only thing, if you look at it carefully, if you look at the days of creation, and the evening and the morning was the first day, and before he said, and God saw that it was good. On day three, day four, day five, day six, he says that, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning was that day. But notice, it did not stay that for day two. Day two, it did not stay that when he uh, built the expanse, that it was good, meaning complete, which implies that from the Bible, that is still expanding today. So not only those 11 verses mentioned, but also in Genesis 1-8, we find there's been a Hebrew word study. Now look here, unlike the events of other days, as I mentioned, day one and day uh, three on on. Uh, when you look at the picture here, look at number one. When people say, well, if the earth is only thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of years, how could light from a star that's 20 million years away reach here? Well, it implies that it has to be millions and millions and millions of years old. But look, if, if you look at the Big Bang, the cosmic egg, which scientists was the size of the Earth, or basketball, or a ping pong ball, or an atom, they look at A and B. If A is a distant star and B is the Earth, it wouldn't take very long far from the light to reach it here. It would be just like the distance between my wife and I. And then as they expanded, the light had already reached from A to B. So as they expanded out, A might end up being 13 billion light years away, but the light was already reaching here. So the whole idea of the distant starlight problem is not a problem, and this is based upon the Big Bang and based on good modern science. Well, if we look at this here, uh, we know that uh, white hole cosmology or gravitation time, time dilation is the mo mainstream modern science. And this has been a Spitzer telescope uh, by NASA Caltech. Uh, the three degree Kelvin background radiation that seems to be relatively isotropic or homogenous, that it seems to be supporting the idea of. Big Bang. So uh, it, it bothers me when Christians say they don't believe in the Big Bang, that God just created everything with the way it is. Uh, there seems to be good scientific evidence in astrophysics that the Big Bang is true. But look here. Now, getting closer to what we're talking about, Einstein talked about gravitational time dilation. And that is that clock runs slower when it's lower in the gravitational field lower the little cone that you saw as a virtual image. So you look at here, just a person at the bottom of the mountain. And it's, hey, your clock is running so fast. The guy at the top of the mountain looking down and says, hey, your clock is running slow. 
Well, the greater the distance if this person was up on top of a high mountain, this has been scientifically verified. We have the atomic clock accurate to a hundred thousandths of a second, I believe it is. That when that clock is moved up to, uh, when it's synchronized with one that's at sea level, one that's up in Colorado, mile high, it takes a few uh, tenth, a few tenths of a thousand uh, degree, uh, I mean seconds faster. And then when we would place it on an airplane at high altitude, it would go even slower, faster. And then when we would put it on a satellite that orbit the Earth, it would go even more so. Gravitational time dilation apparently is a fact of modern physics. And this will help us understand our age problem. Stephen Hawking, many consider the greatest physicist of the 20th century. Uh, wrote a brief history of time. And he talked about, as you see in the lower diagram, if you see an astronaut falling towards a black hole, he describes what an astronaut entering a black hole would observe and what a distant scientist near the edge of the black hole, well, I mean, near the edge of the universe would see. He said that an astronaut approached the event horizon, uh, his clock would pick up one minute but a scientist near the edge of the universe, as it's expanding, it'll take one hour. Then as he approached the event horizon further, the scientist will experience one full day. The astronaut will see one minute tick off, but the scientist will age one full day. And the astronaut looks back and sees the scientist running faster and faster and age rapidly and then disappears. Now, this is a diagram here. Follow it along. If this was a cosmic egg, imagine the size of an atom. And imagine X is where the Earth is. Uh, it's not in the shape of a hard rock body called the Earth, but it's formless and void. But everything is plasma temperature. And then what happened is that after the big oh bang, this type that. The universe expanded. So you see the yellow orb get larger, but now there's also an, an aura or a atmosphere, a thin atmosphere of blue standing beyond it. As it expands, it's emptying itself. The white hole is emptying all of its matter into outer space or what we know as universe. And you expand even further. And now the white hole is beginning to shrink because it's losing matter and energy. And now it's beginning to shrink. But as it shrinks, it's because it's emptying all this matter. It's like it's, it's vomiting every, all its content out. And the universe is expanding further. And now notice the res, uh, X. The Earth passes out the white hole event horizon. Now, the white hole is shrinking, the earth is past it. The white hole collapses and shrinks. Now it disappears. It's a singularity, it's a once for all, it will never occur again. The white hole empty everything out and once it empty out, there's no more white hole. And the universe constantly expands till it fills the universe as we see it. Now, if we go back, let's go back a little bit here. 
press and go back a little bit here. According to what uh, Stephen J. Hawking said, if we're inside where the X is, time could be passing on a matter of days here, whereas where my cursor is, the arrow, near the edge of the universe, it could be aging in the billions of years. Billions of years. Whereas on Earth, it's actually passing on matters of days as it is. So, because clocks and times have changed, we have to understand this is how I believe an intelligent Christian can believe in the Bible and yet hold to an old Earth at the same time. Pioneer 10 and 11 was launched in 1970 in opposite direction. One went this way, one launched in the other direction. Identical spacecraft sent in different directions. They noticed that as it left the solar system, it began to decelerate. They began to decelerate at a constant rate as they got farther and farther rate. The rate they slowed down is approximately that of the speed of light, C, times HO or Hubble's constant, a figure used to calculate the relationship between distance and ratio. This fits into the Big Bang model inflationary universe model and the data indicate if we go back in time extrapolate just a few thousand years gravitational time dilation would have been very 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 strong this supports the model that i'm talking about that time on earth the bible could have been telling the truth when it says god created these things in days but yet there are indicators that will indicate that using different clocks of millions and billions of years. Why is this important? God gave us Genesis to reveal his love for us. That because of sin, death has come upon the world. But God loved us so much that he provided a means by which the seed of woman will bruise the head of the serpent. If we can't trust the book of Genesis, how will we know that the Bible is correct when it says that God will send a Savior to uh, undo the penalty of sin as it is here? It's not important, it's not salvation matter to believe that the earth is young or the earth is old. I just don't believe you can prove the earth is young. I don't believe you can prove that the earth is old. I believe there's scientific evidence that's young. I believe the scientific evidence is middle age. I believe the scientific evidence the earth is old. I leave it at that. The important thing is not to argue about it because we end up chasing people and turn them off to God. It is no good to be technically correct in all of our science if we end up arguing that I'm right and you're wrong and we chase those people away who needs the creator or whom the creator died for. So that's my lesson for today.